0: Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey. I am your host Jason Johnston Yellen and I am joined with the wonderful, delightful, terrific and very, very orange Joshua Hatton. I am wearing
1: uh, matching family Halloween pyjamas. You, sir,
0: are looking like the reason for the season.
1: I feel like the reason for the season. I feel like the result of the season sometimes, but I'm currently feeling like the reason for the season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to listening back to what you just said because I didn't understand a word of it. (laughs)
1: Listeners at
0: home are loving it. (laughs) (laughs) So on Extra Extra... Uh, One or the other of us brings a new story, a Whiskey World news story to the other. Mm -hmm. And we read it in the first half of the episode, and then we riff on it in the second half of the episode. Invariably, when it's my turn to bring the news story, I can't help but shake things up. Mm -hmm. And today is another day, Joshua, where I intend to shake things up. I'm looking forward to it. My hope for this episode is to actually revisit three recent news stories that we've covered on Extra Extra, giving them a, somewhere around a tight 10 minutes where we'll dip in, we'll, we'll read the new words, mm-hmm. then we'll have a little a riff around, and boom, we'll pivot to the next one.
1: You've got a lot of faith in us. let us. I don't know. We'll see.
0: But I only have faith in it because I know you can do anything <laughs> With compliments like that, yes I can Ten years of doing this, I know how you work <laughs> uh. So let's jump right into it My, uh, As I jump right into it, I will dip a little bit into the One Nation Under Whiskey toolbox hmm. My My brother, Murray, reached out over the weekend and said I'm going to cut some wood, not a euphemism and listen to you and Joshua in my ears while I do it. Hmm. And, and I said, oh, thank you very much. I'm honoured. And a couple hours go by and he texts me again. He says, I got through four episodes of Extra Extra. Wow. Uh, and I said, well, you know, that would have almost got you through one episode of One Nation <laughs> Under Whiskey. And he said, yes, I like Extra Extra because you get in, you get it done and it's over. So there there's a there's a vote for the the extra extra model from my brother. Well thank you Murray. So the first story we're going to revisit here, the headline is transatlantic alliance calls for end to trade war as tariffs weigh down drinks shipments. the the piece is from October 8th of 2020 mm-hmm. and and is in the, Shankin News Daily, which okay. both you and I subscribe to. Shankin, of course, is the publisher of Whiskey Advocate mm-hmm. magazine yes. and Cigar Aficionado and sure. a bunch of you know, others, Others besides. Wine Spectator, and,
1: I think. Yeah,
0: uh, and, and actually, this Shankin News Daily piece is authored by Daniel Marsteller. Hmm. Okay. And I... I don't know Daniel Marsteller, mm. so there's a nice name to be seeing. Um The the reason I wanted to dip back into this, obviously, coming out October 8, is you and I, in the second part of our tariffs uh, episodes, back-to-back episodes that we did, mm. we talked about the the Congress people who are trying to come together and uh, non-partisan and across the aisle Correct. and an yes. attempt to get more people right? More people, the president, to pay attention to this. (laughs) So now here we are. Now we're looking even at transatlantic. So I I wanted to bring this back so we can see that that net of people calling for a change really is widening, even if we're not seeing a change. And then we'll get some more numbers thrown around as well. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. A transatlantic alliance of 1818- Trade organisations representing the US, EU and UK beverage sectors is urging their governments to de-escalate the trade war that has resulted in lower shipments of wine and spirits from both sides of the Atlantic in recent months. Mm -hmm. The group sent a joint letter to the United States Trade Representative, USTR, and the European Commission for Trade In response to the WTO's, World Trade Organization's, recent ruling that allows the EU to impose $4 billion in tariffs on US imports as part of the ongoing transatlantic dispute over aircraft subsidies. They fear the WTO ruling could result in further tariff escalation in the short term. Quote, An immediate restoration of duty-free access for all distilled spirits and low tariffs for wine is essential to returning our industries to supporting jobs on both sides of the Atlantic, the letter stated. Hmm. According to Discus, the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, a 25% tariff in the EU caused American whiskey shipments to the bloc to fall 41 percent to 449 million dollars in the 12 months through July, compared with a total of 757 million dollars two years earlier. Wow! A matching tariff on Scotch whiskey in the U.S. has resulted in a 35 percent shipment drop-off to 852 million dollars from last October through July against the year earlier period. Similarly, US imports of liqueurs and cordials from Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain and the UK were down by 26% to $331 million over the same time frame. Without editorialising too much before the final paragraph, we can see that tariffs are hurting everybody On both sides of the Atlantic. Exactly. Yep. Yep. The 25% tariffs on wines from France, Spain, Germany, and the UK have also taken a toll. From November through July, US imports of those wines under tariff fell 54% to $575 million. Quote, These tariffs, which have been imposed in connection with unrelated trade disputes... Mm -hmm have generated severe economic pain for our sectors and our wider supply chains, the alliance stated, urging regulators to come to a negotiated settlement to end the dispute and remove the damaging tariffs. So that completes the, the four paragraphs mm. yeah. from the Shankin News Daily. But first of all, you've got 18 trade organisations across the United States, the European Union, and the United Kingdom, right? And you've got them reaching out to their respective governments mm-hmm. to try and get eyes onto this, to hear that the US exports of American whiskey have fallen 41%, to hear that you know Scottish uh, imports uh, from the Scottish... Uh, whiskey industry, have fallen 35%. Mm-hmm. And then you hear about liquors, cures and cordials from other nations falling 26%. What did we talk about previously? Jobs, jobs, J- jobs, jobs, and more jobs it, at, at a time of COVID uh, and severe job losses.
1: Right. And what's never spelled out and really should be, because the language can be so simple, right? When the language is, The U.S. is imposing a 25% tariff on distilled spirits from the U.K. and wine from Europe. People hear just that. But what they don't hear is that it's the American public that's paying the tariff, and it's the American job that's being lost. Granted, jobs are being lost on that side, too. there's, There's no doubt about it. But... We're Americans, we're usually first concerned about American job losses here and then we think about the rest, just as I'm sure in Scotland they would think about their job losses before the next country and so on. And and that's never sure. and that's never spelled out. And I think that if people understood that very simple concept, people might be more vocal about it beyond those of us within the industry. There was one takeaway from some of those numbers you threw out that, that really struck me. It specified distilled spirits have the tariffs go away, but wines keep keep the tariff just lowered. I'd never heard that as a proposal until just now.
0: Yeah, I, I was surprised to read that part as well. But th- the other part that surprised me is the the. The announcement that the WTO, the World Trade Organization, approved $4 billion in EU tariffs on U.S. goods in this very same aircraft dispute. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and so I had to link through it. And an article posted on October 1st, again, in the Shankin News Daily, this time by Shane English, Mm. posted on October 1st of this year. The tariff battle between the US and EU has taken a new turn. According to a World Trade Organization ruling, the European Union may impose up to four billion in tariffs, four billion dollars mm-hmm. in tariffs on US goods following a ruling that deems US subsidies to Boeing Company illegal. Reuters reports that US and EU representatives were informed of the decision last Friday, so the end of September, yeah. and that details will be published in the coming weeks. It w- it wasn't that what Airbus was accused of? <laughs> so it's happening on both
1: sides. So it's a let's call the whole thing off situation to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the article continues. The WTO decision, though substantial, is significantly lower than than the $12 billion judgment the EU is seeking Mm. and also Mm. lower than the $7.5 billion judgment in favour of the US that the WTO issued last year in a similar dispute about subsidies, subsidies to European aircraft manufacturer Airbus. According to a report from Reuters, analysts are hopeful that this ruling could end the deadlock between the US and EU, and bring the two parties together for meaningful negotiations. In the short term, however, and this leads to the article we just read, US exports of wine and spirits to the EU could be in for further tariff hikes. Wow. Like, this is, (laughs) it's just getting worse, you know? First, there was the seven and a half billion for Airbus. Now there's a four billion for Boeing. But you know, the EU was looking for 12 billion. Meanwhile, while it's all being you know hit back and forth mm-hmm. across the, mm-hmm. the tennis net, you and I are still paying 25% tariffs, consumers yep. are still paying 25% tariffs. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> I've, I've never felt more than the little man in the middle. Than I have this year. Oh yes. Oh yes. (laughs) And I'm getting so sick of it.
1: It doesn't it doesn't feel good at all. I want someone to just pass us the ball so we can (laughs) so it's our turn to move on.
0: Gosh, gosh, gosh. So, if our first recap really is a a lot more doom and gloom, and, and and I'm sorry, but I can't feel otherwise when it comes to these 25% tariffs. It's tough. There there is a there is a bit of good news, and and this is a revisit on some of the numbers that we'd looked at, maybe even a number of months ago, and uh, and when I tell you the the headline here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So. This, once again, Shankin News Daily. This comes from Natalia Razo. And dated October 7, we have the headline from Impact Databank. Mm-hmm. U.S. spirits market slows overall. There's more of the doom and gloom. But premium brands thrive. Yes. And, and so when you and I were talking about kind of sales numbers and how they were looking. Yeah, yeah early part of COVID, we were seeing numbers mm. spiking. Mm-hmm. But the talk there was, yeah, but people are, you know, stocking up on their Jack Daniels, they're stocking up food. on their yeah. Yeah. 12, right? Yeah, C- yeah comfort drams. Yeah. Um, and so here we now have, okay, the spirits market is slowing overall, but premium brands are thriving. So so let's listen in to, to what this looks like. Distilled spirits are on pace to outperform the beer and wine categories for the ninth consecutive year in 2020. Editorializing, not a coincidence, we are in our ninth year of business, Joshua. (laughs) (laughs) The entire industry
1: has us to thank.
0: (laughs) Back to the article. Although momentum is expected to keep decelerating according to the U.S. spirits market. Mm -hmm. Shankin's Impact Databank Review and Forecast 2020 Edition. The spirits market will also register its 25th consecutive annual volume increase this year, with an estimated gain of 2.1% to 241.5 9-litre cases, hmm. which, as you always say, is a 12-bottle case. Exactly, yep as stocking up due to the COVID-19 pandemic has bolstered the off-premise sector. Still, those off-premise gains won't be enough to offset on-premise losses amid the crisis and depressed economy. And retail dollar value for the total spirits industry is expected to decline slightly in 2020. And then just quick <laughs> point of clarification – Off-premise are your retail stores, your liquor stores, where you purchase your product and you take it home to enjoy. On-premise are your bars, your restaurants, the places where you remain to enjoy your product in
1: person. Exactly. Are you going to drink on-premises or off-premises? There you go. good Good way to think of it. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to if you didn't.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, certainly for us, you know, growing up in Scotland, in the UK, the Mm off-license was always the name of our liquor store. That's where we went to purchase. And so the off-license is the off-premise in the United States. Back to the article. High-end labels continue to fuel spirits market growth with super premium brands which is $25 and above per 750-milliliter bottle. Wait, $25
1: bottle is considered super premium?
0: Okay. I am nodding my head while rereading to see if I have possibly messed this up. Wow. And I continue to nod my head because that's exactly what it says in the article. Okay. All right. Okay. So super premium brands expected to post further impressive gains moving forward, particularly tequila, cognac and flavored whiskies. It's at this point that you realize super premium is in relation to the spirits industry writ large, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not you and I Mm -hmm. occupying the rarefied air of single cask, single malts. Yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there's other spirits, not just whiskey. Got it. There are, Joshua, and that includes tequila, cognac, and flavored whiskeys, which viewers or (laughs) viewers if listeners could view me right now they would see me breaking out in hives each time i say the words flavored whiskey just got more (laughs) anywho bourbon irish whiskey and single malt scotch whiskey have also recorded significant increases recently imported spirits overall crested 100 million cases for the first time last year According to the 297 page report, luxury priced, so even beyond super premium, we're now into luxury priced. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Luxury priced Hennessy cognac Mm -hmm. is expected to surpass 4 million cases for the first time in 2020. Among other luxury spirits, those above. $35 per 750 milliliter bottle. Mm -hmm. Our two tequila brands, Patron and Don Julio, Mm -hmm. are also expected to continue easily outperforming the overall market. Other stellar performing labels include Jameson Irish Whiskey, which by year end will have achieved 25 consecutive annual gains, more than any other million case brand. There's some rarefied air. Right. Are you a million case brand? (laughs) gosh. So that would be 12 million bottles Mm -hmm. annually if we're dealing with the nine litre case. Correct. Correct. Oh, gosh, here we go. I'm going to say this word again. Back to the article. Including flavors, Crown Royal Canadian whiskey leads all spirits brands in the U.S. market by retail dollars, and surpassed the two billion mark—that's billion with a B—billion dollar mark last year, according to Impact Data Bank. Wow! Among premium-priced spirits, fifteen to twenty-five dollars per seven hundred and fifty ml bottle, Tito's Vodka from Fifth Generation Inc is expected to become the nation's largest-selling brand by volume in 2020. Mm-hmm. Ahead of Smyrna Vodka, which had been number one for the past 13 years. And then we'll just close it out because we always like a little bit of a forecast here. Looking ahead, the recession and lingering negative impact of the pandemic, as well as fierce competition from other drinks sectors, mainly hard seltzer, will cause overall spirits market growth to keep slowing until at least 2025. <laughs> and then it says for more information, check out the US spirits market impact data bank review and forecast 2020 edition. You know, it's,
1: what I find so very interesting about this article is from a whiskey perspective, it's told us nothing new at mm-hmm. all. Mhm. Because everything what it has done, what I think it's done better than any previous article, is it's it's actually categorized different drinks by dollar amount.
0: Exactly.
1: Right, and if and if super premium is now out, you know, outselling whatever's below twenty five dollars a bottle, whatever whatever that category is. Yeah, premium priced. Premium priced. We're living in the same, same, same exact world. That's pretty much any bourbon out there. It's um, and then some. It's you know, most single malt can't touch that, but a lot of blends can touch that. But then you just go Correct. up from there. So our world remains the same, but this article does a better job categorizing how the drinks market has been affected by 2020.
0: Well, well and you and I have talked about it plenty where if if you' if you visit a retailer to do business mm. and you stand at their counter and you're talking about whatever category our bottles occupy um, you'll just see a procession of people walking in, walking in picking up a handle of Tito's checking out, And walking back out the door, Mm -hmm. like you and I have commented to one another, boy oh boy, the movement on Tito's is insane. It's amazing, and to hear it become the number one spirits brand in the United States is not surprising. We've certainly heard rumours about it taking over for Smirnoff for a long time, Mm -hmm. but even. In this world of brown spirits that you and I occupy, all of our industry friends occupy, you know, that all the talk of vodka's dead, vodka's where scotch and whiskey was in the 80s. Tito's is still wiping the floor with brown spirits. <laughs> it really is. It is still crushing the world of brown spirits. Uh-huh. So, so I'm, I'm with you. I like the leaves that they put on the branches mm. of the tree in which we live.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep, very good. I'm glad. I'm um, even though it didn't tell us anything necessarily new. I'm glad you brought it to our attention because it just gives us that better understanding. Right? Well,
0: and and that's the that that was my point with today's episode. This this wrinkle that I'm inserting mm-hmm. was just to kind of follow up on some things we've been talking mm-hmm. about over the last few months.
1: So far, job well done.
0: Getting to the last piece, I don't have an article, but you and I had, had agreed coming into this episode that we wanted to, to pivot back to some of the coverage that we had on the Jim Murray episode, mm-hmm. which I, I, keep, I keep trying not to refer to it as that. I keep trying to refer to it as the sexism in the whiskey industry episode and and not just attach one person's name to mm-hmm. it who clearly is, is guilty of sexism in the, in the industry but we got an email from Eddie de souza mm-hmm. uh, who is very well known as the head of milroy's whiskey bars mm-hmm. and and we did have a chance to hang out with them in London back in January actually mm-hmm. still in 2020 and it feels like Three years ago that we last saw him. I know, I know. Insane. So Eddie sent an email to questions at One Nation Under Whiskey. Hey chaps, just getting in contact regarding your podcast. I've been listening to it for a long time and I love it, but never thought of checking the faces behind the voices. After the incredible episode with Will Oldham, I just got sucked into your points of view and told myself, these guys are fucking bosses. (laughs) Seriously, what a fantastic episode full of great music, great chat, and awesome whiskey. Especially when you mentioned one of my all-time favorite songs, I See a Darkness. Mm. Just sublime. Thank you for that. After that episode, I got curious to know about who's behind the voice, and I remembered that you mentioned your single cast nation bottlings, and it popped in my mind that I actually met you guys and served you some whiskey before at Milroy's. You absolute legends. (laughs) (laughs) Which is... That's classic Eddie. I read that in Eddie's voice and personality. (laughs) Just letting you know that your extra extra on Murraygate was absolutely spot on with my thoughts on the man and his unappealing behaviour slash writing. I'll keep listening and hopefully get to toast again with you both. Cheers, Eddie D'Souza, head of Milroy's Whiskey Bars. That was... So kind of ready to, to reach out. The reason that I wanted to include it is, as you know, I'm, I'm not often on the Facebooks, but on one of the posts that you'd put up about the sexism in the whiskey industry mm-hmm. episode got such good industry feedback yeah. on that that, you know, I, I cannot help... But return to, to Becky's opening sentence mm-hmm. on the Instagram, Facebook post where she says, this may very well draw a lot of negative comments. And I just can't help but think it's been the exact opposite. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yeah. like the, the industry writ large has embraced this wholeheartedly and and. I get the feeling is actually relieved that Becky took the time to say what she said. It's only, you know, in our circles, our friends, the portion of the industry that we're keeping an eye on, it's only been received positively and enacted change. I think,
1: and I, I could be wrong, This this could be optimistic, Joshua, but I think that, we're, we're reaching a point where people are more open to accept hearing other people's point of view on mm. these sorts of issues. Mm. You know I hate this term, but I'm going to use it anyway. I have a feeling that more people are starting to get a slight wokeness to them. You know I hate the word woke, it, it is grammatically incoherent, but this is the word that we use.
0: I think at the we used to, we used to just use the word enlightened. But I, I, now now know, we I, use I, the I, word woke. Yeah, I like enlightened. Yeah,
1: I, I just I think we're at a, a a place now where more people are willing to say, "Oh, you know what? Maybe she's right. Maybe he's right. Maybe they're right. And at the very least, let's hear it out. Right?" Now, granted, there is also the very opposite of that in, in, in other areas, but in this area, we're starting to see it more. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Am I being optimistic, or does that feel about right?
0: I don't think so. That's certainly my take on it, and yeah. b- in, in paying close attention. You know, it, what I've enjoyed seeing, Becky's words were not just warmly welcomed by other women in the industry which they were Mm -hmm. but they were also welcomed by middle-aged white guys like you and me yeah and that's where my nervousness lay Mm -hmm. like i know who's already on board with progress and change and being more aware of those around them but it was nice. And, and again, you know, maybe, maybe we're both being overly optimistic here, but it was nice to see people of our generation. Gosh, I never thought I would ever utter that sentence. Here I am. <laughs> I also remember when all this was fields and and you could go to the cinema for, you know, two and six. Uh, um, yeah. But but, you know, I I, I am deeply concerned about middle aged white men and kind of the willingness to dig in their heels and not let change happen and have one last hurrah before this all gets prized out of their cold dead fingers. But no, that, that hasn't been mm-hmm. my observation. That hasn't mm-hmm. been the world around me. And and I give great kudos to Mark Gillespie at Cast, who has done a lovely job of, of bringing together panels mm-hmm. and diverse panels. To, to discuss this you know you and I are two middle-aged white dudes talking to one another you know you know it's it's great to see more diverse conversations about the future of the industry and and seeing those panels watching those panels listening to those panels can't help but fill me with optimism for this industry and this moment of change both on on race and sexism that whiskey is having this wonderful reckoning.
1: Yep. Long may it continue and quickly may we evolve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We better get out of here on this. That's been a lovely episode, Joshua. Thank you for for playing along with me. I, I think we've recapped and revisited three distinctly interesting and important stories from within mm-hmm. the, the whiskey world, the whiskey industry within which we make our livings. <laughs> it's always a pleasure chit-chatting with you.
1: It always is, even when sometimes the subject could be a bit depressing.
0: Cheers, my friend. <laughs> and cheers, listeners. Cheers. See you next time. I've been Jason Johnston Yellen. He's been Joshua Hatton. And we will be back in two weeks with another Extra Extra. Cheers. Cheers.